Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. You can hear the frustration in my voice during that promo. It's it's really brutal. I God. It, it really is amazing. The Steelers were so close. I really thought last year was the year, not 2018, sorry, 2017 was the year. And uh, from the second Ryan Shazier got hurt, it's uh, it's all gone away. And I don't know that his health, if he had stayed healthy, that they were going to get to and or win a Super Bowl, but it's gone south since. And the defense isn't as good, and now Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are off the team. Uh will be off the team as of, I don't know, April 1 by draft night, whatever the deadline is that you'd like to choose. Uh, and now they're they're building it over again. I, they're not a bad team by any means, but the Super Bowl aspirations are on hold, I would say, in Pittsburgh. So uh, I've been talking about this article all morning. I want to give a shout-out. I've been referencing it. Julie K. Brown of the Miami Herald wrote a huge article about a gentleman named Jeffrey Epstein, which brought to light the sex trafficking that goes on in this country, specifically in Florida and how he got away with it. Effectively, he served a very short prison term because of a deal that was struck and it led to this article led to a huge sting operation uh, in Florida law enforcement and ultimately bubbled up into Robert Kraft being caught uh, in it as a what could be a minor player, maybe more comes to light, but uh, as somebody that was involved as a customer of one of these sex traffic supporting massage parlors. I guess that's the way to say it. So, um, Take a look at the article. It's pretty crazy. Julie Julie K. Brown, Miami Herald. She wrote it on November 28th of 2018. So uh, back to football and me bitching about the Steelers. Um, it's got to be a record on the cap hit. Well, we'll try to do some research. I probably won't get to that until after the show. But I don't even know what they do now, George. They can't even be, like, active in free agency. We're going to have this huge cap hit. They're, they're only going to get back. Let's uh, – Rose – Colored glasses. Second round pick for Antonio Brown. That's all you got to get. One, two. That doesn't rebuild the team. Doesn't replace what he is. Well, no. But one thing you have to remember. Yes, it's a $21 million cap hit, assuming Antonio Brown is traded. And I still think that's an interesting assumption. And maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but Do you assuming think they can does, bring it back? I just I wonder what's going to happen when you don't get what you want back. That's a great point. And I've been thinking about that. I just, because the owner said, actually the owner didn't say it. Antonio has said, we've all agreed to move on. But the GM has supported those assumptions as well. Yes. I I think, uh, you know, now that, but I said, what's going to happen when I, I, what I said earlier, I truly believe in every time Antonio Brown opens his mouth, his trade value is lessened because if you're, I said, you're the, the Jets. And you, okay, not only do you have to tell, make a trade for this guy, you know, I'm probably give up your second round pick, so that's 35th overall. You get accepted into your locker room, and do you want this guy around a young quarterback, a young team? I don't know you that you do. Plus, he's 31. You know, he's not he's not a young kid anymore. He's 31. So if you're at the if you Jets aren't going to compete next year, unlikely anyway. So now he'll be 32, 33 before you're really ready to compete. Do you still want to do this? Does to me that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think he has to go to maybe a more veteran-like team. Yeah, I mean, people have mentioned the Green Bay Packers. 
okay. I mean, uh, yeah, I think he'd have some respect for Aaron Rodgers, so he wouldn't mouth off as much. But can they take on $21 million for a wide receiver? You know, I'm looking at – now. You, you mentioned Pittsburgh. Right now I'm on Spotrack. Apparently they have uh, $10 million in cap space. Now, I guess this is before Brown goes bye-bye. Uh, yeah. So it's good and bad. They will get – I don't know if this uh, Spotrack takes this uh, into effect yet, but they will get a rebate. They will get $14 million in cap space from Le'Veon Bell from him not playing that last year. That is year. true. So, so I don't know if this takes into uh, this into account yet. So, uh, yeah, the Steelers will be up against it. But, all right, let's go to Green Bay. You know, because it was mentioned that he might, it might be a good place for him to play. Might be, you know, but looking at them right now, they do have the cap room, theoretically, $34 million. So they, they could fit him under there without having to do a lot of other adjustments. And, yes, when I say the cap room, for anybody who doesn't know, the cap could be manipulated. So I'm just telling you what cap room they have. But if a team wants somebody, they can still fit him. They'll find a way. They'll re- renegotiate contracts and release players. They'll do Yeah, that. the Rams did a so lot of that fi- stuff last year. Exactly. So with the Philadelphia uh, – almost said Phillies. So what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have to do if they do decide to franchise Nick Foles. If they franchise Foles, they'll be over the cap. They'll have to release some players. And they'll do that if they think that they can get more so than I don't think they a can compensatory do it pick. I don't think they can either. I think it's idiotic. You know, I, it's sort I of think, like with Le'Veon I Bell. I think he will – yeah, I think he'll sign on that thing the second they put it in front of him and lock himself in for a huge salary. And if I got to sit on the bench one more year, fine. But I think Philly's going to screw themselves. I, I think it. I think it's okay to explore it. By the way, they haven't done it yet, so it's okay to explore that. But I think they're realizing now that there may not be a crazy frenzied market for Foles, and that they can't do it. Agreed. I, I don't think they can do it either. I I do compare it to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you, they, Steelers, I think, about transitioning him. You weren't going to get no more than around a third, fourth round pick anyway. Because teams knew, know you had to release him. Yet you can't. He's not going to play there, so you're not going to keep that tag on him. So it didn't make any sense. I think uh, Eagles, same thing with Foles. Yeah, you can try and franchise him and then try and trade him. But are you really going to get that much more than what you would get on a compensatory pick anyway? And if the answer is no, then do you really want to release those two or three other players you have to release to get them uh, to fit everything under? It doesn't make sense here. But because of Nick Foles, I think it's Jacksonville or Boston. Now that Denver made their move and uh, traded for Flacco, good luck there. Uh, I, I, to me, it's Jacksonville or bust, or he's not going anywhere. That's why I agree with you. I think Foles automatically, if they franchise, he would sign that thing before they even got out the it out of their, yeah. their uh, out of their mouth because he'd want Absolutely. the twenty five million or whatever it's going to be. Completely agree. They'd have no, uh, he'd have no choice but to sign that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think yeah. So I think that's not something anymore. Anyway. Uh, we'll take a look at it. Next time George and I get together, we'll, we'll review what these these cap hits uh, are like. The, yeah, Bell is not part of that cap that you see right now where the Steelers are like 19. I'm looking at 19 million and under, but they're not going to get any flexibility on the Antonio Brown thing. It's just it's going to be a bunch of dead money, and they're not really going to get any kind of break from that. That's what happens. So um, – We'll see. And maybe gave them out from under it next year, but for this year, they're going to take a huge hit, and it'll it'll hamper them in free agency. Anyway, a um, couple other things to take a look at. Compensatory picks came out yesterday, so really quick. Um, by the way, the draft is in Nashville this year, for those that don't know. It should be a fun place for them to have it. I like the fact that the NFL is moving it around. and uh, you know, I, I've been to the draft before. Uh, it was in New York for all those years. I checked it out one year. I think it's a fun event, and the NFL is making it way more fun than it was when I went. So um should be fun for those people down in Nashville. So the Patriots, Cardinals, and Washington will get will get four of the 32 compensatory draft picks the NFL awarded on Friday. So round three, the Pats get two, Washington gets one, the Rams get two, and the Ravens get one. That's round three. So the rich get richer, right? Patriots are two third-round picks slotted in there. Round four, Colts, Cowboys, Falcons, Eagles each get one. Round five, Giants, Falcons, and Washington gets one. Round six, Pats, Washington, Cardinals, Eagles, Vikings, Bengals with two. Bengals with three, excuse me, 49ers and Chiefs. And round seven, Cardinals with three more, Washington with another one, the Pats with another one, the Rams with another one, and the Vikings with another one. So 
you know, just starting to tabulate picks and how many you got, it matters because when teams like Pat start wheeling and dealing, they're like, all right, we can throw in an extra seven, we can throw in an extra seven, we can throw in an extra third, and that's how the rich get richer. They do a really smart way, thing in playing the draft. And, and frankly, George, the Pats in recent years have utilized these extra draft picks to throw at teams that are willing to get rid of higher draft picks that don't work out. So they're like scouting the NFL to find players that fit in, and they end up with Danny Shelton, who was a former first-round pick and ends up being a really good rotational defensive lineman for them. All right, Mike. What? I know uh, I know. Pittsburgh has said they, they won't trade Brown to uh, New England. No. <laughs> Not happening. But <laughs> under any circumstances – no. Even if they have the best offer. Yes. No. Answer is no. Even if. No <laughs> to the Patriots. No to the NFC. No to the AFC North. They've said as much. They've come out. And yeah, said, I know they've. Or, I know they've said as much. But but let, let's say they can't. Uh, what I'm saying is let's let's say they can't. You know, I mentioned uh, San Fran. They'll be so good. Some. They'll be so good if he's on their team. <laughs> Honestly, they'll be like, all right, Gronk, no problem. You can retire. We have now the best wide receivers in the whole league. But I'm trying not to think of a scenario here. You know, you're not getting you're not getting those uh, top of the second round picks. Jets don't want them. Niners don't want them. They don't want they don't want the headache. Uh, Raiders, Tampa, they're not making the move here. Uh, Giants aren't going to trade you Odell for them. Go to the Raiders. Uh, so you, go to, the Niners have a lot of cap room, by the way. I actually think the Niners are a good spot. I, I do. I, I think the Giants, uh, the Giants, the Niners are the team for Brown. If they, if he's they're going cutting, to make a move, I think it makes sense. They're cutting Garcon. They're going to save a few million there. They have a ton of cap space. I think they save like $5 million on Garcon, and then they have to bring in Antonio Brown and obviously pay him. But it's effectively at a cheaper rate. He wants some guarantees in the salary. They're actually a team that can do it. And then they have somebody to work with. They have Marquise Goodwin, Antonio Brown, and these younger guys, Pettis and others, that's sort of a good way to build it. Uh, Jarek McKinnon comes back from injury. They got other young guys there. I think their skill positions, they already have a great tight end. Their skill positions would be really good. And then they can just draft I defense. I, I complete I, Everything makes sense to go to San Fran. You mentioned the cap room. Once again, I'm on Spotrack at $76 million, So it's a ton. You know, they can easily fit him under there. It'll just be compensation. And do you want him in the locker room? That sort of thing there. But all right, let's just say it, it's a fair question. It, you can't. Way. It, it, it absolutely is, because I'd have to think long and hard. Antonio Brown's great. No one's ever going to complain about, you know, be really say anything bad about his on-the-field performance. We know he's great. It's all about locker room problems and everything he's done there. That's your issue. And I'm also playing with a young quarterback. Does he hurt that development more than hell? But I'm, what I'm saying is uh, you, you can't get anywhere near uh, a top 40 pick. All right, so no one in the top 10 in the second round is giving you that, uh, the pick you want. New England comes in, hey, we'll give you number one. And we'll give you a, maybe they even sweeten it a little bit by giving you a fourth or a fifth. Still turning it down. Still no way in hell he goes to New England because then we can't, we, we'll never win. We can't beat him in the next couple of years, whether it's not, whether it's Brady or. You I know, think Duke that Lesko has to be part of your strategy. Honestly, I think it has to be part of your strategy. I, I, I really do believe that. It, it has to be part of the strategy that we cannot give the best team our best player which is arguably the best player on your whole team. You can't trade them to the best team in the league. That has to be part of your strategy as a football team to not make your opponents that much better. It has to be. Uh, Am I wrong? I would dis- normally, I would disagree with you. Normally, I would disagree with you because, uh, you know, when you think of all these teams, oh, we're not training a player within our division, even though that, you know, when, usually it's a player doesn't matter as much, and you always want the best offer possible. But you have a point here, mainly because the Steelers' window really is closing as well. Listen, I, I yes. hate the Steelers with the, the power of thirty sons, but once he retires, Lord knows what Steelers are going to be. So they they probably only Mason have two Rudolph, or three baby. years left at most. Yeah, I'm sure he's the answer. Uh, no, 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 no worries there at all. Uh, so their their uh, their window of opportunity is certainly closing. You, you want to argue it's closed? Fine, I wouldn't argue with you all that much. But it's close. It's certainly closing. And if you do give the Patriots Brown. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're pretty much handing them some more, at least some more uh, really good teams. Uh, and it'd be tough to beat them, really tough to beat them. And you know Brown would have – he'd be playing with fire in his eyes and all over his body every time. He's he already going Pittsburgh to. Here. 
Yeah, he's already yeah. going to. So uh, not only would I be shocked if he goes to Pittsburgh or anybody in the AFC North, I'm surprised if he goes to anybody in the AFC. I think he's heading I think out of they're the, absolutely. Out of the... I think they're absolutely going to avoid trading him within the AFC. You know, right. like what did New England do? You know, what did New England do with Garoppolo? They sent him as far away as possible. Yeah. Right, the other side of the country in San Fran, I think something similar is going to happen here. And you and I, you and I will certainly agree. San Fran makes all the sense in the world as long as Lynch believes that he can get along with his teammates in that locker room. They have the money. They have the need. They have a young quarterback that needs weapons. It makes all the sense in the world. I don't get the sense that John Lynch is an Antonio Brown guy, but if Kyle Shanahan can be, then that matters. Kyle Shanahan, I, I'm sure he's worked with Divas in the past, but he made his bones with Julio Jones, who is not that. He's not that guy. Julio Jones has been, like, as a good a soldier as you could be. I know he had a little bit of a holdout renegotiation, which seemed a little silly at the time because he just signed the deal, like, 18 months before, but... Honestly, I can't argue with a guy trying to get a few extra million dollars, which he did get, by the way. He's been good to them. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Shanahan could do it. So we spent way more time on Antonio Brown than I would like personally. I know it's an important story, and I don't mind that we did, but it's just a painful uh, discussion to have. Uh, franchise tags, Anything to make Mike Jada- feel pain. Yeah. Jadavian Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, Grady Jarrett, Frank Clark, Landon Collins, D. Ford, CJ Mosley, Donovan Smith, Trey Flowers, Nick Foles. So I'm reading on for the win. That's their list. I think you're generally going to see about four or five guys. I think Jadavian Clowney, Demarcus. I think Demarcus Lawrence gets a long-term deal. I think Clowney, Jarrett, Clark, Ford are the types of guys that can play under a franchise tag. I think Collins. The franchise tag could actually benefit Collins because he could get a bit balloon payment here and then walk after this. But uh, the free agency market for aging safeties is a tough one, and Earl Thomas has seen it already. There isn't there, NFL teams realize that safeties get hurt, so they don't attach long-term deals to aging safeties, no matter how good they are. It's rare that they do, George. Collins is going to make things interesting for the Giants. He does not. Want that franchise tag? No, he's he already doesn't. cleaned out his locker, so uh, more drama in New York. Yeah, we'll talk uh, Colin Kaepernick in this segment, and then wrap it up with some baseball. It's Mike and George on FST. Hour number three. We're heading towards eleven o'clock for weekend fantasy update. Where George sticks around. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. This is a really upbeat song to start talking about Colin Kaepernick's settlement, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Great balls of fire. Little Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm sure he would have been on Cap's side. Uh, anyway, George, uh, this happened like exactly a week ago, so it was almost we had no <laughs> Stratford and I had no ability to kind of uh, digest all of the articles being written and talk about it intelligently, but we've had the dust has settled over the course of the week, and I'm sure everybody's got their Colin Kaepernick hot takes, but the the reality is that there's heavy disclosure, non-disclosure agreements in place, confidentiality agreements. We'll never know uh, what it is, but you read some articles of people that are knowledgeable on this subject, and they're trying to put together what the settlements could have been I've seen things as high as $250 million, which are out of control, uh, but I've seen more reasonable estimates, which are still a lot of money. Uh, 40 60 maybe even $100 million seems like it was in place for Kaepernick. Uh, if you told me it was $60 million, I'd buy it. I, I, I'd 
I read a really good Forbes article. Let me bring up who wrote that article. Patrick Reich, uh, R-I-S-H-E, uh, writes a sports money article on for Forbes, and he came to some conclusions, and it's a guy with a lot of knowledge of these types of cases as to how it got to be around $40 million. A lot of math involved, but it seems like let's start it there 40 to 60 million is the range for lost wages and damages pretty good payday for cap if that's the case it feels like a win for anybody that's a cap supporter uh people will say it's a loss and i understand why people would do that as well if you're an nfl guy but the reality is he's got his settlement he's free to play do you see him being in the nfl anytime soon uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt there was collusion going on here. Yeah, I, I, you'd have a hard time convincing me that it's not. That being said, I mean, the NFL owner screwed this up royally. I, I mean, he'd already been replaced in San Fran as a starting quarterback by, I can't even remember the guy's name anymore, another terrible quarterback. You know, Gabbert. Gabbert, playing Gabbert, right. He was replaced by Gabbert, which all, all, pretty much tells you all you need to know about Gabbert and his play. It wasn't uh, about Kaepernick and his play. It wasn't like Gabbert is some uh, great quarterback. He's not. You know, he's a, he's a career backup. That's all he is. And that's likely all Kaepernick would have been. Maybe he'd have been a starter for a lesser team. You know, but he did he deserve an NFL job? Absolutely. He's certainly a, a top 40 quarterback. I probably might even put him in a starting job with a bad team. Wouldn't I wouldn't argue that either. But he was already on the sort of a downslope where he was just an athlete playing quarterback. Kaepernick's problem with quarterback is he he never understood the nuances of the position. He had a fastball. He could throw the ball as hard as anyone, could run as fast yeah. as anyone, but he had no touch. And he had no touch. All he had was the fastball. He'd gun everything. You know, from two you were two yards away to you were fifty yards away. Everything was a His gun. His downfield passing accuracy yeah. was not good. No. And listen, maybe that works out and works itself out in time. But uh, the teams releasing him were not starting. I had no problem with, but he should have been a backup somewhere. He did make sense for teams like Seattle, Dallas, you know, who had uh, mobile quarterbacks to fit Baltimore. in there as a well, – well, not then. Now he does. Uh, yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, it's just – I'm, I'm not a Kaepernick uh, supporter. I have no problem with the kneeling for the flag. None. Right? We, we kneel – if you go to church, you kneel in church. Right? So I have no problem with that. You want to kneel for the flag? Fine. I don't like sitting down. He started down for kneeling the because a Green Beret told him that was more respectful than sitting down. That's why he started kneeling. Uh, and I agree. I absolutely agree that kneeling is more respectful than sitting down. I, I think sitting down is disrespectful. I don't think kneeling is. You know, it doesn't bother me in the least. Uh, that's what you want to do to bring uh, – and let's face it, there are some problems in this country when it, about what he's targeting. But you know, when he was wearing those socks that had uh, cops as pigs, yeah. you know, really before all this started, I lost all my respect for him there. So it yeah. didn't matter what he said after that, that I wasn't, I, I didn't want to hear anything yet. So when you're doing that sort of stuff, which is, you know, riling things up. And yes, there are absolutely certain cops who have problems and probably shouldn't be cops, but a vast majority are just normal people. You know, and they, they, they're not causing the problems, but there are some that are, and there are cops that absolutely have made mistakes that probably didn't mean to, but a tough job, bottom line is. But when you're wearing that, you know, the, the socks with cops as pigs. I, I, I would say that the socks, are, there. the socks are obviously extremely disrespectful, but I would say that in the greater context of his protest, it's a clear misstep. Um, and he did not strategically run it perfectly. But I think the greater message ended up getting out there. And I here's my, here's my take on it. I, I've said this before. I'm of the opinion that I don't have a problem with the peaceful protest. Uh, I have my own reasons for it. I have family in the military. My father was served in the military for a couple of years when he was when the draft was in place. Uh, my brother-in-law is actively in the military, so I'm of the opinion that he has the right to peacefully protest. But it would be hypocritical for me to say that you don't have a right to feel the opposite of the way I do. And if you're mad at him and you think it's disrespectful, then I understand completely especially when he's doing things like wearing the socks. But, you know, I, I, th- I thought he brought – I thought he actually had an overall positive effect in that other players got involved in speaking with police officers, in getting involved in community organization. Whether you want to attribute it to him or the other players is fine. But um, let's get back to what you were talking about in terms of the settlement and how the NFL screwed it up. 
I just don't think he should have never been blackballed. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah. You know, he should have never been blackballed. Uh, I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't going to make a big deal. I mean, I understand him and uh, a couple of players did what they did. And like I said, even if you, the owners felt like I am, that once he did the socks thing, that was, uh, you know, they didn't care about what he said. He still has a right to say it. I mean, he's kneeling for the national anthem. I mean, why would you – by bringing such publicity to it, you actually made him what he is today. Totally By doing what you did to him. And if he had I mean, been on a team, George, him. you're right. It would have fizzled out, and it might have created positive dialogue, and they would have figured out figured something out. But they got scared. The owners got scared that sponsors were going to walk if he signed with them. That's bottom. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and that's what people forget. And the sponsors did threaten that. And the NFL, listen, do you think these owners truly care about what about him kneeling or sitting? They don't give a crap. They don't. They could, couldn't care less. What they care about is the bottom line. Once those sponsors started saying, hey, you have this guy on your team who keeps doing this, we're not going to pay you, now they care. Owners only care about one thing. Majority only care about money. Some care about winning and money. But most only care about making that money. They making wouldn't that win coin, if they were losing those money. Dollars. They right. wouldn't try to win <laughs> That's if good, it, good if point it there too. lose money. If they're so like, well, you can win, you just got to take about a $10 million hit annually. They'd say, nah, it's good. I'll lose and make money. Right. We see, we see it's in all sports, right? That's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, once again, uh, it's all about the money. It's all about the dollars. It's had very little to do with Kaepernick and his kneeling thing. All right? It had not really very little to do with that. It's all about money. Money, 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 money. That's all the owners mm-hmm. care about. And there's also some uh, who believe that and these are when I say some, I don't mean regular people. I mean people in the uh, in the game who believe that the only reason this got settled was the NFL found an insurance policy that covers it or part of it. The NFL has, the NFL has many insurance policies covering pretty much everything, and they they think they finally found one that covers this settlement or most of it or part of it. So that's why they settled all of a sudden. And it's also because let's face it, everything I hear from once again lawyers. You know, the Andrew Brandt's of the world, the world, which if you, if you don't follow Andrew Brandt on Twitter, you should follow him. He's a great follower. Yeah, he's really smart. Uh, former GM. Former NFL. Right, yeah, former GM of the NFL. Packers, uh, who was a sports agent for a while as well. And he tells you what's going on here with most of these things. And he, he says flat out, there's no way or highly unlikely that Kaepernick was ever going to win a collusion suit because there was no smoking gun. You know, he says if there was a smoking gun, we'd have heard about it by now. He says what they were going to do, though, was... If they were able to pose some of these owners, that wasn't going to be good. You know, that wasn't going to be good for the NFL. So that's why he believes it was the timing and probably an insurance policy that truly yeah. helped uh, settle this thing, you know, before there's it a, really got going here. There's another article that I read uh, on MMQB, on SI.com. Michael McCann, who's their legal analyst, it's a lengthy article, and he wrote it back in, yeah, he updated it last week. I highly suggest you read it. It's a long read, but it takes you through the many paces of what was going on. It would have been very difficult for Colin Kaepernick to win. Extremely difficult. But at the same time, the NFL would have potentially exposed some things that they didn't want to be public. So let's just say, George, it's $100 million. Let's just say, hypothetical. Do the math. That's $3 million a team. Goodell goes to the owners and says, or it's probably not Goodell. It's the top lawyer in the league, says, here's the deal. We've done what we've done. The guy wasn't allowed to play here the last two years because none of you wanted to sacrifice any money. Now it's time to sacrifice some money. $3 million bucks each, and it goes away. That's a pretty easy check to write. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's I've heard 60 to 80 million, but whatever it is, you're absolutely right. It gets divided by 32, and if insurance covers half this, they took us 1.5, that's pocket change. It's yeah. literally pocket change for these guys. And the lawyer goes, hey, you know, it's going to cost you $2 million, and it all, it's all done, we move on. That's, 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 that's it. easy. It's over. That's Nobody easy. can say anything. And if he says a word, they sue him for all of it back. For all of it back. It's it's, it's an easy And he won't say a word. Almost there. Um, oh, of course. Back to impl- and neither will yeah. yeah. Eric Reed, yeah. who gets part of this as well. But it didn't all go to Kaepernick. Right. Reed was part of this as well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reed's obviously he played this year, and he just received a twenty-two million dollar deal. So good for him. I'm happy for him. And he was he was the one that made it really obvious, by the way, <laughs> because he was a twenty-six year old, really good player, Pro Bowl player that wasn't getting a deal. Like it was so obvious for any of you that didn't buy the cap conspiracy theories. Eric Reed made it abundantly obvious he was valuable to all 32 teams and he wasn't getting a deal and it finally came through now you have people trying to put cap down there in Carolina with Eric Reed because Cam Newton's hurt he'd be a backup insurance policy he plays a similar style of football to Cam. you have a progressive owner in David Tepper and it seems like people want to slot him in Carolina seems like the logical choice if Cap comes back. I am of the opinion that, yeah, he could come back and maybe he he goes back in there to try to prove something else to say, I told you they were keeping me out only until they settled did they let me play. But, you know, if he did receive some sort of large settlement to not get bashed around and to move on to a different phase of his life where he can maybe be a vocal advocate for some of these social issues because the irony in all of this is that Cap has not been vocal at all. He's done some philanthropic work, and he's become a symbol of some things, but he hasn't really been vocal. Uh, so now maybe he can move on to that next phase of his life and be vocal. I, I don't think he'll play in the NFL again, but I, I'm just it's just a guess for me. I mean, he hasn't played in a few years now, so <laughs> – you just got this big check, right? No matter what it is, even if the taxes, you probably got minimum $30, $40 million. All right, so are you going to want to come in and play for you know, $1.5 You're not getting a big contract to be a backup, right? I mean, that, what, that's not going to Can you get a Chase happen. Daniel deal, though? Like a $6 million, $7 million deal? Why would you? He hasn't played in a couple of years. He wasn't very good when he did play. I mean, that's why it, I don't know if this makes any sense. He's 31 right now. He'll be 32 midseason. Not crazy old. Not no, not for, especially not for a quarterback. Yeah, and the quarterbacks age obviously extending their careers now. You got a bunch of guys in their mid to late 30s that are starters. You know, what's his age in comparison to Cam Newton? I'll do that. That'd be an interesting comparison because say he's his backup. Cam's going to be 30 in May. So. About a year and a half in age difference between those two. Cam would be a little bit younger. That's really not a, that's not an old backup to turn no, 32 but this said, season. But there are three problems. One, he's not very good. All right? He's just not. Yeah, but two, he's he better than a bunch of, of the other backups. We just went through this. Right. But once again, you, you want to pay him more was. than all of these other backups. Right, yeah. you don't know how good he is now either. So you, you just don't know. Yeah, I don't. And here's the number three thing. And this may be the most important thing of all, by the way. What do NFL coaches hate? Drama. Drama. Distractions. There'll be so much media at the mini camps, at training camp, asking all these questions. Now, granted, it would go away after a couple of weeks. That's what I'm saying. It would go away so quick. It really would. But they're still not going to want to deal with it. And once the regular season came along, it would start up again. And that would last a couple of weeks. They're not going to want to deal. Not for the money he's going to want to come in. You know, so I, I, that's why I don't, I don't see him going back to the NFL. I just don't. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't, I I think, don't think there's going to be a flurry of teams that want him in the first place. And those teams do. We're going to have to go through the same three questions we just answered. Money, is he any good? And what does he bring along with him? Yeah. And I think the wedge in the conversation, in the negotiation, too, could be, you know, there, there's, it's reported that he asked for $20 million a year to play in the AAF. Where the league, where the league salaries are sort of capped at eighty three thousand dollars, so uh, that's a negotiating ploy for him, and I understand. But uh, to that point, uh, I think that's part of where it may break down because he can come to the table and say, "Look, I'm a twenty million dollar guy, and you don't want to pay me twenty million dollars to be your starting quarterback, then I'm not really interested because I have a bunch of money." And that's my negotiating ploy. I don't want to back up anybody for $4 million. My value is what it is. And there are players in the NFL that, frankly, have walked away at the end of their careers because they said, I don't need this. I'm not, 
I'm not getting my head bashed in for like veteran minimums. Like I, I'm going to get paid nine million dollars, or I'm walking. Like that, that does happen in the NFL now. And maybe, frankly, if I were Cap, I'd probably do the same thing. Be like, yeah, I'm good, man. Like I, I'm sitting on a pile of money. I don't want to get bashed around before, unless it's for twenty million bucks, and I'm going to start. And that's not going to happen. You know, he's, he's certainly not starting with right. anybody. I mean, for me, for me if I'm Kaepernick, forget, forget all the other garbage. If I'm Kaepernick, it's pretty much simple. I'm not playing for a couple of million. You know, once when we say you're making two, three million, you get the taxes, it's half that. You know, it's just not worth it for me. Uh, you, you said, I don't want to get bounced around. I don't want to get beat up. I've got whatever it is in the bank. No matter what it is, whatever figure you and I throw out there, it's a hell of a lot. You know, 30, 40 million is probably the least amount it is. So, uh, once again, you have to tax us. So, I- I'm not getting my body beat up. And you- you're absolutely right. We've seen players leave for a hell of a lot less nowadays. Yeah. Okay. We're going to wrap it up with some baseball. If there's a caller still on the line, I'm going to take him. But we'll talk baseball. Close it out with depressing news about Clayton Kershaw and Sonny Gray and other injured baseball players. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. segment on FST. George is going to stay with you on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And he's going to be with Joe Galena. Weekend, oh no, Cam Stewart. Weekend Fantasy Sports Update, correct? Cam the man, yeah. Cameron Stewart and I every Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 2. And then you're on on Sundays now as well, right? 8 to 11 with Joe Galena? No. No, no, no. no. Uh... Actually, I don't know who I, – I, last weekend I was. Last weekend Joe got and I did it, the 8 to 11 on Sunday. Got, uh, it, got it. My bad. Not so sure who's uh, who's covering tomorrow with Joe. Okay. So, uh, the fantasy right, so Jesus. George, yeah. So, so George is on here for the next few hours. So he did a little pinch hitting here for Dan Stratford, who's uh, struggling health-wise, and then – He's going to be on for the next three hours. So you're you're riding the uh, – you guys are going to do a lot of hockey, right? Hockey trade deadline coming up here in the next couple of days? Yeah, uh, hockey trade deadline is what? Now 24-48, about 52 hours away, 52 hours and change. We did have a big deal yesterday with Matt Duchesne, maybe the number one player on the free agent market, going from Ottawa to Columbus. Camel and I will certainly be talking about that. Maybe Columbus doesn't trade Artemi Panarin now. Maybe they keep the bread, man. They go for it this year, which is one so of their options. So is a rental? So, uh, yeah, more than likely. Yeah, I mean, he is a free agent at the end of the year, so technically he is a rental. There's always a chance Columbus could re-sign him, but it would be yeah, awfully tough. So I think yeah. he is a rental. Uh, I mean, really quickly, Columbus really went for broke here because Duchesne is a rental. Panarin is certainly leaving at the end of the year, and Bobrovsky is probably leaving as well. You're losing your two best offensive players and your goalie. You're going for it. You are going for it this year, and hey, uh, I've said it before, Mike. Columbus, Washington uh, Capitals won the uh, Stanley Cup last year. In the first round of the playoffs, Columbus was up two games to none. Game three went to double overtime. In that double overtime, Columbus hit a post. Two inches to the right, Mike. Two inches to the right, they'd be up three games to none. And things probably changed dramatically last year. So they may feel by adding Duchesne, hey, we're as good as anybody else. The problem is uh, Tampa Bay may be going, yeah, that's nice. You're still not in our class. Yeah. Um, interesting. So what did they give up a lot for Duchesne, by the way? I mean, personally, I don't think they gave up enough. Uh, they gave up two prospects. I'm not going to go the names. Nobody knows who they are anyway. But they weren't top prospects. You know, uh, so I was surprised they did give up their number one pick, but that pick's going to be in the, you know, just think of a football, baseball, being in the upper 20s, 25, 26, depending on when they get eliminated. And they will give up another first round pick, but only if Columbus resigns Matt Duchesne. So if they resign Matt Duchesne, then they'll give up two number one picks. That would make it a little bit more palatable for me, the trade. 
you know, where then I think they did get enough. But for the type of play Duchesne is, and all the teams that were apparently interested in Duchesne, I'm surprised he went for as light as he did. And just like in all sports, if you're not getting an offer where you can't refuse, why would you do the deal 72 hours before the deadline? Why not wait? In my mind, this is an offer. You you. could have waited until 3 p.m. Eastern on uh, Monday and gotten the same offer. Okay, you, you accept yes then. Like we saw it now, it turns out there was different games afoot with the in the NBA with the Anthony Davis uh, trade demand and the Lakers offering what some people said were crazy offers for Anthony Davis to New Orleans. And New Orleans just waited and waited and waited and then didn't make the deal. But to your greater point, now they fired their GM sort of as a result of this. He made it into a circus and it looks like he was just sort of playing with the Lakers not he wasn't really negotiating in earnest but the reality for New Orleans is that if they wait to the summer which now they have to do there's going to be more teams involved more teams means better offers almost every time so uh, I didn't mind them waiting for that to get Boston and Philly and the Knicks conceivably involved and not just negotiating with the Lakers who were the only team that could give them a home run deal uh, why not take more home run deals? It's the same conversation that you're having in terms of the NHL. Just wait for more teams to get involved and drive the negotiating up. Yes, people forget that at the uh, at the trade deadline in any league doesn't matter baseball, football, hockey, basketball doesn't matter. Generally, the only teams involved are teams that are still in the playoff hunt, you know, that's competing for a championship. The teams that aren't generally are not. So yes, if you still have term on the player. You know, which in, uh, obviously in, uh, New Orleans did. You can wait. Ottawa couldn't wait. I mean, if they didn't trade him now, he was good. He was going to go for free. So uh, my only play, my only problem was, like I said, I thought this was a good. You know this good well deal, as an Islander great fan. Deal. With them hanging on to. The oh, don't don't start with me, Mike. I'm sorry, man. Don't start with me. You're going to ruin my morning. Last year, it just <laughs> happened last year. It's a proof as to why you can't you can't wait. What Mike's talking about, by the way, is uh, John Tavares, uh, the Islanders. They rolled the dice. They weren't a playoff team last year. At the deadline, they they thought they would have a better chance of re-signing Tavares if they didn't trade him. You know, because apparently because Tavares told uh, the general manager at that time, Garth Snow, please don't trade me. He didn't want to go anywhere. And I believe Tavares when he said that, by the way. But Garth Snow can't make that mistake. Snow, it's, it, this is really easy for Snow. Well, John, then you gotta, we got to work out a contract. You got to sign by the deadline. Tavares says no. Well, then i got to deal you for everything I can get for you. Which would have been a similar deal to what Ottawa just got. A couple of number ones, uh, top prospects. Instead, Tavares did not come back to the Islanders. You know, he left the free agency, and the Islanders got zero, bupkis, donut, nada, nil, zilch. Yep. And uh, it, not a good look. And it, Set them back. I mean, Snow may have been fired anyway, but he certainly made it a lot easier after uh, screwing that up. So uh, it's, a, it's a tough situation to be in. It's why for Ottawa, they traded Duchesne. Mark Stone is next on the list. And Mark Stone might get more than Duchesne got. He is that kind of player in a wing. And uh, Dezingle may as well. Pretty much, listen, if it's Ottawa, if it's not nailed down, it's on sale. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, bring it back to baseball. We'll close out with some baseball news. So Clayton Kershaw shut down George. Uh, as far as where he had been going in drafts, he was, you know, to your point, I think you said earlier, now, now all everything reflects that he's dropped. But, uh, yeah, right now I'm looking at NFBC. He's ranked 38. I'm sure that's plummeting in drafts that are going on now. So he was really like a third-round pick, uh, give or take. Now, you don't want to get anywhere near him. Shut down indefinitely, dead arm situation, which guys can come back surprisingly quick from dead arm, but you don't really want to take a chance because he's already a guy that's had back problems and now this. Well, this is not dead arm. All right, so that, that's a fallacy. A dead arm might okay. occur in the middle of spring training towards the end of spring training, maybe even early in the season. Dead arm does not occur a week into spring training. All right, so this is, this is not dead arm. This is something else. Listen, it could just be normal soreness. Maybe he hasn't done, done much throwing in the offseason. I find that hard to believe, but maybe he hasn't. So it could be normal soreness. But the bottom line is this. This is now a player who seems to get hurt every year. 
I mean, his last 2014 made 26 starts, 15, 27, 16. I'm sorry, I'm going to throw my good ages here. 14, 27 starts, 15. He made 33, a full season, 16, 21, 27 and 17, 26 and 18. This man misses time every year. His velocity is go- is going down. His age is obviously going up. You know, so there are some problems. There are some definite warning signs here that you may. You may want to stay away. His average velocity last year was 90, 90, 90.9, 91. 17, it was 92.7. That's almost 1.8 miles an hour higher. It was higher in uh, 16, about a 0.5 miles an hour. It was 0.5 miles an hour higher in 2015. So, I mean, all these signs are telling you it, age has taken its toll. He's only 30, so it shouldn't, but it is. I think as a Yankee fan, Mike, all I can tell you about this is I was so afraid that he would get the free agency because I thought, thought the Yankees would throw oodles of money at him to get him to come there. And I thought that oh would have been God. a huge mistake. When the, when the Dodgers re-signed him, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. because I did not want to sign him to a you know, $30 million a year contract for five, six years. I thought that would have been a huge mistake and a big, another big albatross where you're pretty much going to have another CC Sabathia on your hand. Yes, a guy you love, a competitor, grinder and all this, but also a guy that is not the same pitcher you paid for. You know, so I, I didn't want that at all. So uh, fantasy-wise, I don't know what it would take me to draft. I'm not taking him in the first three rounds. So, I mean, he's not a top 40 pick for me anymore. I guess I'll think about it after that, to, uh, according to where my draft goes. But he's also a, a buyer beware player. And what I mean by that is when he gets hurt again, you have no one to blame but yourself. When he's making 22 starts, no one to blame but yourself. I don't think he's ever going to be that true Cy Young guy again. He might be a good pitcher. And he'll have good games because he, he knows how to pitch. He wasn't just a thrower. And he's still got the hammer breaking ball. But overall, he's not the anchor of my fantasy team anymore. Stop me when you take you take a pitcher. Stop me when you take Kershaw. I'm going to just start rattling off guys as they're currently being drafted. Scherzer, DeGrom, Sale, Verlander, Kluber, Nola, Cole, Snell, Bauer. Severino, well, all right. Sorry, uh, I I I know Severino a little higher. Uh, Bowers pr- now you're probably right around around his level. Okay, right around his level now. And Severino, I would probably uh, I'll go I'll bank on the upside there that he'll figure it out. Uh, that he'll uh, maybe his pitches were tipped. Maybe it was because he was eating bad food. Whatever it is, you know. So uh, I'll I'll go with that. You know, that's, that's what he said, right? He needs to eat more kale. I don't know. Uh, no <laughs> Carrasco? I don't, I don't know why I said uh, kale. Probably going Carrasco ahead of him. But you, you, once you're, you're, now you're right in the tier. You're in the right tier now. Yeah. yeah. Of where, is uh, where Kershaw he is. is Walker Bueller? Probably going Kershaw ahead, but it's close. Syndergaard? I like him a lot. Bounce back year? I had him in a couple of leagues last year. He, he crushed me. Absolutely freaking crushed me. I would love. I'd. I'd take Noah over Kershaw at this moment. I pro. Once again, you're, you're in the right tier. You're. You're in the right. Uh, the right tier here, where it comes down to what you're looking for here. Uh, God, I, I really don't trust Noah either. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, going I mean, to us, man. I don't. I don't know which way I'd go there. Yeah. Man, uh, Edwin Diaz is uh, high. Jesus, I'm just looking at these rankings. Who? Edwin Diaz. I'm just looking at where he's being drafted. Oh, that's crazy. I'm not. I'm not drafting. Uh, closers are weird because there's only a couple of locks. Uh, yeah, there's only that's really why a couple he's of locks. Being drafted so high, people right. just assume he's got the job for the whole year. But you do the closer report of Roto experts. This thing's a disaster outside of a few guys every year. I say it every year. There are 30 yard jobs in baseball, right? 30 teams has 30 closer jobs. By the All Star break, minimum, minimum. Half those closers aren't closers anymore. Between injury, between they, they're just terrible, they get replaced. For whatever reason, the manager comes up with. How much breath did you and I waste talking about Adam Adovino? Now, actually, I like him on the Yankees in the role that he's going to be in. But we talking about Adam Adovino if, like two years ago endlessly about, like, this could be the guy for Colorado. Like, he's going to step in. And, like, it just never really materialized. There's other guys out there, too. Similar stories. There's just always a guy that we we hope, we think, he could. Oh, he got it. Now he lost it. And now he's just part of a, you know, a bullpen by committee. It just always seems to happen that way. Would you take uh, Pat Corbin over Kershaw or no? 
Probably not. He's not, he's not in a strikeout enough guy for me to take him over yeah. Kershaw. But once again, it's, it's, he's not that far. But this, this all just lets you know how far down he's gone. Yeah. There was a time we were taking Kershaw in the first easy first round, first pitcher taken. We were arguing Absolutely. should you take him top three, top five, top eight, top ten. And now he's nowhere near even close to this anymore. That's what, I'm, what we're talking about here. The fact that he's yeah. already hurt scares the living daylights out of me. Hey, yeah. if I was Dan Stratford, it might scare something else out of me. But uh, yeah. you get where sure, I'm going sure. with this. Yes. You know, that I'm, yeah. I'm just uh, – I'm a conservative owner, Mike, in, uh, in all sports, baseball, football, hockey. It doesn't matter what it is. When I, when I do my drafting, I'm a conservative owner, which means the first three to five rounds – I want guys, when I look at the back of their baseball card, showing my age, when I look on their stats, when I look on the computer, I see their stats, I know what they're going to do. I know, I know what I can pencil them in for. You know, I can pencil this guy in for 34 home runs, eight stolen bases, and batting 280, whatever it might be. You know, I like doing that. Uh, when it comes to Kershaw, I have no idea right about now because I don't know if he can make 20 starts, 25. I would, if you told me he was going to make 28, I would be, all right, I'll take him. If you told me right now, Mike Blue could guarantee me you could see in the future he's going to make 28 starts this year. I don't even need to know the stats, Mike. All right, 28 starts. I'll take Kershaw okay. round right. probably round two or round three, but I don't think he makes that 28. I just don't so think, I think it's going to be closer to 22, 25. I've said this on air, and you and I have talked about it before many times. It it applies to baseball even more so than football. But if you if your strategy regarding injured players is to fade them, you're going to be come out ahead. So I'm telling you now that you're taking a huge chance and any guys that are banged up or like, I will see him in May or any of that kind of stuff, don't draft him. Just don't. It, you take an L. If Clinton Kershaw has a great season and you passed on him, just take the L. I, I just think in general – what we're talking about is saying you got to avoid these guys. There's always a point at which, yes, you can take them because the value is so crazy, but in general, I'm fading these guys. Whether it's a running back that's going to miss a month uh, and then come back, or it's a pitcher that's struggling right now and we'll see him later in spring training, you know, it's better to have your draft closer to spring training, by the way, George. It's another issue, but the reality Absolutely. is... Uh, the reality is if you have to, and plenty of our colleagues are doing early drafts and, you know, tout wars drafts. Coming I've got up a draft and, Wednesday. So there you go. An, an, an industry layer, Fade the injured an, Industry draft, expert draft. Listen, the most important ability when it comes to drafting is availability. You need yeah. the player to play. And, you know, like Mike, Mike just said, I'm not saying you avoid Kershaw at all costs. Everybody has a value at some point. But for me, I mean, like I said, I don't think I would take Kershaw in the first four or five rounds. If he's there in round six, okay. Now the value might be there. And where I, but I'll understand. I'll really understand that I might only get 22 starts out of him. You know, there's no way I expect 30 plus. That's, that's not happening. So I, and I understand that going in. And I'll make adjustments on my, in my draft and in my league for that was what I expect from these players. But you, if you draft the Kershaw, you can't draft three or four other players just like him. You may get lucky on one, maybe even two but you're going to bite it on the other three, and you're going to hate yourself in July. Yeah, I totally agree. Machado and Harper still second-round picks for you? Machado, yes. Harper, where the hell does he end up? I mean, if he ends up at San Fran, I mean, that's a killer. I think it was Dan Stratford said it earlier, man. That's a big right field. Ends up in Philadelphia. I love him. Yeah. You got to take your swings now, though. He may not be signed by Wednesday if you draft. This is why I hate drafting right. early. He won't be – well, I don't think he'll be signed by Wednesday. All right, man. Well, it's good to talk to you as always. It was the old school FST. I'm out. George stays on with Cam Stewart next. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.